This is Crucial Tech, a podcast about technology that affects all of us in a format that allows you to consume it in the time it takes to go to and from the grocery store. I'm your host, Lou Covey, and I probably know more about it than you do. And if I don't, I know someone who does. But first... Welcome back to Crucial Tech. I'm Lou Covey, your host, and today we are talking about a subject that you may not have heard of. It is called smishing, S-M-I-S-H-I-N-G, and it is a one of the many variants of a online scam called phishing, or P-H-I-S-H-I-N-G. Uh, which is the means of social engineering your way into your wallets uh, by cyber criminals. They do this in many different ways uh, because we offer a lot of information on our uh, social media accounts that no one has any business going to. Matter of fact, if somebody walked up to you and asked, can you tell me your uh, email address and your phone number and where you work and what your favorite food is, Uh, you'd probably call the police or at least run in the opposite direction. But on social media, we share that stuff uh, very freely. And as a result, criminals can use that to impersonate us. Uh, And and you will end up uh, getting emails from people that you think you know, but what you actually have are contacts from complete strangers who are impersonating your friends or businesses that you work with. Uh, that is the process of phishing. And in, and in that process, you will end up uh, giving over your passwords and your account information. And that's how they can get through to you. And I have to admit that in the past, I have been a victim of that. There was a guy in the UK that decided to set up a home brewing operation and access my account and clean me out, paying for all of the materials he needed to make his own beer at home. Uh, which was an interesting thing, but he's in jail now and I have my money back, so no harm, no foul, right? Well, anyway, smishing is using the same techniques, but through text, either through things like Facebook Messenger or your text program or whatever texting, uh, SMS messaging that you happen to use. And that is problematic because we are using texting more and more and people are actually starting to ignore email because there is so much junk on it. But in texting, you actually feel you might know who this person is. And they can send you a link saying, oh, look what I found. And there'll be a, a URL that you click on and you go to a fake website where they actually steal your information. Uh, That's what smishing is, and it is a growing problem. And today we have Tim Callan, the Chief Compliance Officer for Sectiga, which is a big player in the area of security. Uh, And he is going to talk about some of the issues that need to be addressed in the area of PKI, or Public Key Infrastructure. That's a way to secure yourself by encrypting your information. And uh, we're going to be talking about several issues about how to fix that and where the other problems are cropping up and how to fix those. So uh, without further ado, here is uh, Tim Callen with Sectigo. 
Sectigo is big in the area of thing, a thing called PKI, which is a public key infrastructure. And it all can also stand for private key infrastructure. And Tim, we're going to talk about how that can help people dealing with smishing, which is phishing uh, yes. used primarily through SMS text. Okay. And that is a growing problem. So, Tim, tell me. Wow. I What is smishing? A lot, lot to unpack it? here, Lou. There's a lot of directions we can go in explaining this. Let's go ahead and define smishing. Smishing is an alteration of a word that you said phishing, which itself is an alteration of the word, which is phishing with an F. And phishing with a PH, of course, is where online criminals pretend, send you messages, proactively send you messages through some channel, pretending to be somebody they're not, who you believe and trust and would interact with. So most commonly it's your bank, but it could be PayPal or your credit card processor or FedEx or lots and lots of other people, the government, there's any, anybody where you might click on a link and go to a web form and put stuff in could be a fish. And basically what they do is they send you an email. It looks convincing. Ask you to click on a link. You click on this link. You go to a web form. It looks convincing. It asks you for information. And some of that information in one way or another is beneficial to the online criminal. So they might be asking for PII, like your social security number and your personal address and your full name. Or they might be asking for logins. That's a common one. You hit what looks like a login screen. Oh, go into my credit card and I put in my login and now I'm giving somebody access you know, they can steal that username and password and go use it on the real screen. And so that practice phishing goes back to the 90s, really goes back to the advent of the World Wide Web. PayPal was being phished in the 1990s. And um, it's never gone away. It's never gone away because it works. But one of the things that has happened is it's adapted over time to match the usage and the expectations and the technology that we're using today. So in the 1990s, we didn't have texting on phones. We didn't have mobile phones for the most part. We sure didn't have texting. And, um, but now we do. So somebody who is aware of the fact that I might get an email and it claims to be from my bank and it says your account is overdrawn and I go, oh, my account is overdrawn, click on a link. Somebody might be smart enough to say, aha, I'm not gonna click on that link. Informed enough, I should say, to say, aha, I'm not gonna click on that link. But that same person might fall for it if it's a text. Right. And so that's what smishing is. It's a text, it comes in, it purports to be some from somebody you would, would interact with. It creates urgency. Usually it's something like there's an opportunity or there's a problem. It plays on fear or, 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 or opportunism, greed, right? In order to get people to act. And then when you click on that link, you get redirected to something on your mobile phone that looks like a legitimate page, but it's not. And the core problem behind all of this is, as you mentioned, identity. How do we know that a party online or any digital entity or any digital operator or any machine in the world is really who they say they are. How do we know who they are? And the core of phishing is not knowing, not knowing who this email came from, not knowing who operates this website. The core of smishing is not knowing, not knowing who this text came from, not knowing who operates this website. And all of that at the end of the day depends on this idea of digital identity.
Right. Right. So how are you going to fix that? Right. So that's where PKI <laughs> comes in. So the other word, PKI, public key infrastructure. I said there was a lot of a lot to unpack here, Luke. Yeah. PKI is basically, without getting into all the cryptographic details, unless you want me to, the, the, the gist of it is that PKI makes it possible for a machine to uniquely identify itself. Now, I'll, I'll, you're not saying, hi, I'm Tim Callen, but I'm saying I am this machine and no one else in the world can pretend to be this machine. And there's a neat little cryptographic uh, uh, operation that makes that possible. That's what we call public and private keys. But basically I can send a signal out that I can give to the entire world and the world can take that signal and return that signal. And the only person who can connect as a client in that communication is the machine that originally sent the signal, right? The public right. key is the thing you send out. The private key is the thing that you use to connect when they, when they come back to you with your public key. And as a consequence, you, we can use this as the anchor for all kinds of digital transactions. Everything you can imagine depends on PKI. Right. If I let's use an easy case, everyone's going to understand. If I go to a website, the way that I know that I'm really connecting to the website that I wanted to connect to and not someone else who's sitting in the middle and stealing my stuff is PKI. Uh, the reason my mobile phone is connecting to my network is PKI. All the software updates that I get my, on my computer and my mobile devices are all PKI. Uh, uh, it's, it's just prevalent, prevalent in every industry in the world. It's how your car works. It's how medical supplies work. It's how supply chain and manufacturing works. It's how transportation works. All of this stuff depends on PKI. If it weren't for PKI, we wouldn't be used, able to use any of the modern machinery we have. So, so, so why does smishing work? Well, the reason smishing works is because not everything in every bit of those gaps is PKI enabled. And one of the things that is not is the identity of the caller in a phone system. So phone systems are very old. They've been around a long time. Right. We had phones before we had the internet. Yes. We had phones before we had computers. And as a consequence, it's, it's architected on an older architecture. And, you know, we all know what caller ID is, right? Caller ID is you see the phone number of the person who's calling you. Caller ID, and most people don't know this, Lou, caller ID is entirely self-reported. Yes. So the system that is contacting just says, this is my number. Right. And it could say anything, right? It doesn't right. have to say the real number. It just says what it wants to say. So when you and I pick up our phone and we see that number on there and we say, oh, that's from my local area code. Maybe not, right? And, and, and so one of the problems is we all get these demon dialers, right? We all get these, these phones, they call you and they're trying to sell you something or I've got a woman who wants to talk to me in Chinese a lot. And um, <laughs> if, if, you if you block that, you're not actually doing anything because that's not the real number that it's coming from. That's just right. the spoof number they gave you. So you can block them all day long and they'll keep right on coming because the next one's just going to be a different number. And um, so, so, so the consequence of all of this is that there is no real identity associated with inbound calls. Now, the ITUT, 
which is the Organization of International Telephony. And I don't know what that stands for. That's an acronym, but it's in French. So I can never remember it. The ITUT is working on a PKI-based identity system. And maybe eventually that will become a real thing. I, I can't, you know, I'm not on that committee. I don't know how well it's progressing. I don't know if that's going to be real or not. ITUT is traditionally a little slow moving, so it would probably take a while. But if that occurs, then we may get to the point someday in the future where when you look at the telephone and it says your brother's number, you know it's actually your brother's number. I'm going to break in here for a second because in the process of talking about this, we got a notification from one of our uh, audience listeners in the midst of the conversation that the ITUT has actually approved a particular uh, uh, subset uh, that goes by the acronym SHAKEN slash STIRRED. Uh, and uh, I'll, in the article, uh, it'll be spelled out specifically. Uh, but the fact is that in the United States, that uh, standard has been applied. And uh, we'll explain it a little bit more in the article. So go to cyberprotectionmagazine.com and you can see the rest of the article. Right. right? Um, but that's just not the case today. So. What do you guys, but I mean, so <laughs> so Tico, <laughs> Tico is the company that's supposed to be leading the way on this. So, and we do. So, so, so what the hell are we talking working. about here, Tim? Yeah, we take, so this, this problem of identity takes many forms in many cases. And this one you're talking about happens to be very cutting edge. Let's talk about something we're all really familiar with, which is good old fashioned fishing with a pH. That's a good example where emails have the same problem. The from address in your email is entirely self-reported. The system yeah. that's sending it just says who they are, right? Yeah. And and so that's why it works for fishers. They just claim to be someone they're not. Have, However, have you, ever, is, have you ever heard of the company called Burner.com? I don't know Burner.com. Go. Okay, Burner.com. Okay, I just found them yesterday. I knew they existed, but I wanted to go looking for them. What they do is they will sell you a mm. phone number. Gotcha. That, will, Makes that sense. will last for one week. Okay? Gotcha. And they say it's in their advertising. It's perfect for salesmen and online dating. <laughs> right. Yeah. There you go. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And so the the this is this is also a problem, right? So yeah. phishing. So phishing. That one is more solvable. So. The email addresses that come in, we don't necessarily know. Again, it's from whoever it's from. How do I know that's for real? Right. Well, there is a way you can do that, and it's PKI-based. You can get what we call a certificate. That's the word we usually use. And you can attach that certificate to your emails. And then when you send somebody who knows you an email, they can verify, and most email, almost all email clients will be able to verify this is really coming from this real person. Yeah. And you'll be able to see the difference. I, I can look. You know, I'm, I'm an Outlook user. I can look at Outlook and I can tell the difference between something that was sent with a certificate and something that wasn't. And so when I'm expecting something from someone I know and I don't see that certificate, I can suspect something's wrong. And that actually becomes a good defense. Maybe, maybe not as much against phishing, but against something called spear phishing. It's right. a great defense, right? Spear phishing for the listeners is where a bad guy targets somebody inside of a big organization like a company pretending to be 
someone they would deal with, a coworker, a supplier, a vendor, a customer, someone like that, in order to get them to reveal information or take action that they shouldn't take otherwise. Right. And in the spear phishing scenario, I mean, just, I, get, I get, you know, spear fishes and spear texts from executives at my company all the time. And I know that they're not real because it's trivially easy to find that out. So that's, that's where it is really effective. And, you know, that, that's where we can really make a difference on these kinds of things. Okay. So in other words, if your bank, your investment company, your, the company you work for mm -hmm. is using your technology, there's a really good chance that uh, people receiving information from you can be relatively assured that you are who you say you are. Yeah. Or, or again, if a company says, I want to protect my own people from getting tricked by spear fishes, because here's the trouble. I don't have the power to make my bank use certificates. I could call customer service and ask them to. And, you know, what's, what's the likelihood that that actually results in action, right? Unless lots of people do it. But if I'm inside a company, it's a different story. Right? right inside a company, the CIO or the CISO could declare we are going to do this and they have the power to make it happen. So in a company kind of scenario, now you can go make a decision. You can make a choice that makes your people safer. And this is all using well-established technology that works well, supported by clients, supported by sending software, supported by operating systems, multiple vendors available, not very expensive. Like that, that's just a doable thing that anyone can, can choose to implement and make it happen. So that's an example of where it's real and it really works. Okay. So that's email, but I yeah. uh, got, got a question in from our audience today sure. uh, who asked, can you attach a certificate to a text? So no, right. So to attach a certificate to a text, well, how? we need the ITUT to build those standards in. Those standards are built into email. So okay. one important thing about all this stuff, Lou, is that different systems need to talk to each other that are made by different providers. And you've got hardware and software and services and all this stuff has to work together. And the word we use for this is interoperability. And interoperability is essential because without interoperability, nothing would work. You and I wouldn't be talking right now without interoperability, right? Yeah. My headphone manufacturer is different from my laptop manufacturer. It's different from the manufacturer of my monitor. It's different from the, the web uh, conferencing software we're using. It's different from anything you have on your side, right? right. So without, without interoperability, we're all sunk. And all of this stuff is built on this idea of standards. So there's got to be a standard because if you go out and start doing stuff unilaterally, you just break it all. And that means the standards body for telephony has its work to do. Okay. And, and, and it knows it, it's working on it. Again, it's kind of famously slow. So, so we'll have to see exactly how long that takes. I'm optimistic that in my lifetime, there will be identity built around phone numbers. I'm not at all optimistic that it's going to happen in the next couple of years. So there we are. Okay. So I'm going to give you um, <laughs> uh, a little bit of hope. And I okay. want you to talk, talk about this because I don't know if you saw it or not. Um, but Zoom has a couple of weeks ago issued an announcement 
that they are going to be developing a bring your own key, BYOK, okay. identity technology to their platform. Okay, so that's the same thing. That's right. PKI based. And they've given it a nice name because they're talking to a lot of people who don't know words like PKI, right? And so right. they've decided to give it a friendly name and probably a wise decision based on their audience. So what you would do is I talked about these ideas, private keys, public keys. You're the only person with your private key. Right. That's how you know you're really you, your public key you share with any, any entity in the world. And so I could use the key-based technology there. So I go to Zoom. I use my private key. I create some kind of identity on Zoom. It's probably username based. So maybe I'm, you know, Big Tim. And people who know me, they're looking for Big Tim and they know they're going to find Big Tim. And then I go and I use my private key to confirm that I'm really that person. And that has a lot of benefits. It helps you know that you're not being spoofed. It helps you know that there's not what they call a man in the middle attack, which is where somebody sits in the middle and passes things on and just takes everything. Um, and um, it helps with what we call deep fakes, which is somebody is going to use a computer to make something that sounds like your voice or looks like your image or both, but actually isn't. Okay. And those are all like emerging, growing problems as video conferencing becomes more available and, and more, more important. Um, and so, you know, that is, that is absolutely what, um, what we're talking about, right? It's the okay. same thing. And, and um, by the way, let me just mention, I didn't mention the name of the standard, um, but the standard is called Shake and Stir. This is the ITUT thing I was talking about before. Okay. It's an acronym. I forget what it stands for. It's something long, but it's shaken, <laughs> high, shaken slash stir. And that's the thing that's going to attach PKI to phone numbers, which eventually will be done, hopefully eventually. <laughs> Well, I hope it's sooner than later. Me too. Uh, so, Tim, uh, thank you for giving us absolutely no hope in, <laughs> in solving sorry, the problem. Uh, but, but a lot uh, of other problems are getting solved, and we care about those too. So yeah. hopefully that's Yeah, actually, okay. it's been interesting this week because uh, it, there seems to be an absolute epidemic of smishing on mm. Facebook Messenger right now. Okay. Well, that's another uh, thing, right? That's a different one. That's not based on international telephony standards. That's based right. on Facebook. Facebook is in good shape because they're what we call a walled garden. They have a lot of control, right? Because they, they own the end-to-end -end experience. And why aren't they doing anything about it? Well, it's probably incredibly complicated because they probably also have APIs and third parties and outside people. And like, I would be stunned if Facebook didn't take action. And I would be stunned if Facebook didn't take action much faster than the international telephony organization does. However, I can imagine as walled gardens go, their ecosystem is about as complicated as anybody's in the world. So I can imagine that they too might have a certain amount of homework they have to do so that they can implement a change like that without everything just you know turning over on its head. But again, I would be amazed if Facebook didn't address something like that and addressed it with all the expedience they, they can muster. So, so, um, so what do you do, right? No hope. What do I do if I'm being smished? At this stage, the best thing is education. 
Yeah. Like, sorry, I hate that because we all try education. We've been trying education for 25 years. It only goes so far. But the best thing we've got today is education. If you're in charge, if you're a CISO at a company, this is where employee training is really helpful. You know, we have this. We're in the security business. We've got, we're full of experts who know this stuff. We still have this training. And it's yeah. mandatory and everybody goes through it. And it's, hey, if you think you got a text from the CIO, CIO, uh, CEO asking you to go buy some gift cards on your personal card and expense it and mail them to this address, that's not real. And we, you know, just, just opening employees' eyes to that kind of thing can go a long way. Yeah, but even, even at that point, it's more than just employees. I mean, sure, we've yeah. got the, the, the issue of work from home uh, where, where people are, are at home and they've they're, they got their private networks and they probably don't have the tools that they need to secure them. Right. I do. I mean, I, I get reports from my ISP at least twice a day that some website is uh, that one of my family uh tried to access has been blocked because some the the website has some malware it's trying to to put in and i get calls at least once a week from friends and family and that's actually absolute strangers who say okay i i my facebook account has been hacked i said no it's been spoofed because right. you've, you've got so much information on your, your page about yourself and you are, uh, you're playing with all of these stupid questions about who was your, uh, your, your favorite dog when you were a child. What's your favorite ice cream and where did you go to high school? And yes, yeah, someone's yeah. harvesting all that. Absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 you know, all this social engineering is going on and people just don't get it. But the fact is, is that that's how Facebook makes their money. Yeah. By gathering that information and sharing it uh, to, to advertisers. And they're not really that concerned about protecting the data of their users. Well, that again so, goes back to the complexity problem, right? So if I'm at Facebook, I well, certainly- Is it complexity or is it profitability? Come on. Well, now. you know, I don't, I don't, I, I don't, far be it for me to comment on somebody else's motivations. But okay. what I'll tell you is if you are in the business of getting people to share personal information, then you are directly motivated to make sure that they are safe in so doing. Yeah. So there is no way that there aren't people at Facebook who are very concerned about this for sure. Um, how that fits into their whole system and, and, and process and everything is definitely a complex question yeah. for sure. Yeah. Facebook isn't a client of uh, or customer of Sectigo, are they? Oh, I don't know. They probably, <laughs> I don't know. You probably couldn't tell me if they were. Anyway. I'm not. I'm not. I mean, that's that's not motivating me for to say what I say. I I don't know. I mean, we 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 we're a very large. We're the the world's largest commercial provider of certificates. So I'm sure they're using something from us. But that's not that's not changing my answer. Okay. <laughs> well, I think we'll leave it at that. Uh, okay. There, at the moment, there is hope in the future. There is no hope today. There is hope but... in the future. I think the hope today is you just have to be, um, you just have to be, try to be smart about things. Just be skeptical of 
inbound online communications. That's yeah. the main thing. And that's the saddest part, that that's what yeah. we have to be. Right. Well, Tim, thank you for this time. I appreciate it. And uh, see you around the water cooler. Thanks, Lou. It's been a pleasure. Bye-bye. That's it for this issue of Crucial Tech. Uh, there will be an accompanying article on Cyber Protection Magazine about this. So go there and read the rest of it because there's lots to be learned about this. If you have any comments or questions uh, about what we do, you can go to anchor.fm slash crucialtech and you can leave a one minute audio comment or question uh, that we might end up putting into a future podcast. Also, check us out on Cyber Protection Magazine. You can leave us information there uh, about what you might want to talk about, and we will be listening. As usual, we're looking for sponsors. If you know anyone out there who wants to sponsor this podcast or the magazine, give us a call. My name is Lou Covey. I'm the host, and thank you for listening. This has been a Footwasher Media production.